Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Zen nicotine products are only for adults 21 plus who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at zen.com slash 10. That's Z-Y-N dot com slash 10. Ford Motor Company is committed to moving forward together with new all-electric vehicles that offer an efficient and exhilarating driving experience. Ford is going above and beyond to not only create the smartest, most connected EVs and technology, but to make sure that customers are well-educated on how to move forward with electric energy. Ford customers will also have easy and simple access to charge, whether you charge at home with the overnight plug-in Ford mobile charger or on the road. Journey into the future with Ford's lineup of electric vehicles with many affordable options to choose from. Head over to Ford.com to learn more. Built Ford Proud. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy and saving you some time. That's why we give you the option to choose from thousands of cars online from wherever you are. That could be on your couch, on your break, or while your camera off during a meeting. Our 100% online car buying experience offers you as soon as next day delivery or pickup from one of our car vending machines. So visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Mara Campo. You may know me from television as a reporter for shows like Dr. Oz and Good Morning America. But this podcast isn't about any of that. A few years ago, I started a major life transformation, losing 90 pounds and gaining a new understanding of how the mind, body, and spirit work together. That's what this is about. Your best life elevated. Let's talk about mornings. Do you wake up at the first light of dawn and spend a few leisurely hours prepping for the day? Or do you hit snooze 10 times and run out the door like your hair is on fire? Well, if you always wanted to be an early bird catching that worm, there's hope. Today on Elevated, I'm joined by Benjamin Spall, founding editor of the online magazine MyMorningRoutine.com and co-author of the book My Morning Routine, How Successful People Start Every Day Inspired. Benjamin, thank you for being here. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Mara. So I have a really personal connection to this book because I'm like the night owl of night owls. If I had it my way, I would be up until 4 a.m. and I would sleep until noon. That is my ideal life schedule. And I actually did that for a little while when I was freelance, but it's really unproductive because then the rest of the world wakes up much earlier than noon. And I constantly felt like I was behind from the moment I woke up. So fast forward to today. Most days I wake up between 5 and 6 a.m. I pray, I meditate, I stretch, I'll read a little, answer some emails, I'll work out. And by 10 in the morning, I've already had half the days of productivity. So changing my morning routine has made a really huge difference in my quality of life. So I, I love that you wrote this book because this is a real habit that anyone can adopt that will give them an edge in the world. 
that being said, the people that you feature in your book, they put my morning routine to shame because <laughs> <laughs> they're running 10 miles. They're biking around the city taking pictures. They're tending to chickens and livestock. They're doing all of this before 8 a.m. They really have it together. So I want to talk about them in a second. But first, I want to talk about you. So what is your morning routine like? Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned that many of the people we feature in the book, such as the the ones you just mentioned, uh, a great example is Stanley McChrystal, who gets up at 4 a.m. Uh, some of those people, they're very, <laughs> their, their morning routine is much more impressive than my own. But uh, personally, I get up between about 7 and 7.30. And what I what I always do is I keep my phone in the kitchen overnight with the idea, uh, the idea being that if I then if I wake up in the middle of the night or if I wake up early, I don't check my phone. You know, I don't check emails. I don't check Twitter. And it's a great way to kind of have that space in the morning. So when I eventually do go into the kitchen, I typically don't pick up my phone unless I have an early morning meeting or call that I need to confirm. And I'll just I'll just make breakfast. I'll just kind of be calm. And then I'll have that breakfast time with my wife. And I don't have that kind of feeling in the back of my head of like an email I need to respond to or something I may have got a little bit mad about on social media. So it's kind of my morning routine is all about having that calm before kind of the, the craziness of the day begins. And, you know, it's the routines that were featured and you featured dozens, right? Yeah, there, there's uh, 64 whole routines in the book. Uh, but overall, with the website and we, we uh, have little mini interviews in the book as well, there's about 300, just over 300 people now. And it, it seemed like, you know, they were very different in some ways. But the one thing that I felt like they all had in common was that that was really like calm me time to get centered and to get prepared for the day. There, it, there weren't really that many people who used that time for, quote unquote, work, work, like busy work, answering emails and, you know, uh, scanning stuff, doing all the the. Pro, the things that we do during the day what did you find that the routines had in common yes yeah, so the, the thing that people uh, the routines had in common the most is that they actually were incredibly routine so we spoke with people and initially if we asked them you know what is your morning routine they may say that they don't do anything routinely every morning but when we really dug down into it they were they were doing they were getting up they were like making a cup of tea they were sitting down with the newspaper and they were really thinking about the day and that's kind of that, that's kind of like the easy one. Some people were like getting up every day and working out. Some people were sitting down to meditate every single day. Um, but yes, certainly um, self-care is a big part of it. What we were just discussing, we have a whole chapter on that in the book, just kind of having that me time to think about the day ahead. And this could be while working out. This could be while meditating. This could be while doing yoga. But just having that time to really just, just to, to really be quiet, because as I mentioned earlier, like our days are kind of loud. So to give yourself that time in the morning really is a special, uh, special place to be. Now, you mentioned that you don't check your phone in the morning. Um, I actually have the opposite problem because my <laughs> alarm is on the phone. Mm. And I find that if I spend a few minutes, you know, scrolling through the news or social media sites, that actually helps to wake me up. But then you spiral into that place where the next 45 minutes you're on Instagram, which is not necessarily mo the most productive use of that time. Did you find that most people were using technology during those early hours or is it a time for them to not use technology? You know, it's it's very much as you described for yourself and as it was for me uh, previously as well. It, it, it's a struggle. And every every time we ask people, you know, do you check your phone in the morning? Pretty much consistently people would say yes, but I'm trying to do it less. And so everyone recognizes that it's not what they want to be doing, but it is hard. And I have to say Instagram is one of the better ones because, you know, for the most part, you're looking at pictures. Um, but certainly Twitter and Facebook, you don't really want to be going through that first thing as even if it does wake you up, it's kind of 
not waking you up in the best frame of mind. Yeah, Twitter is like if you're waking up with 10 people screaming their political <laughs> opinions at you. Exactly. I don't check Twitter until much later in the day. Right. Like my morning spirit <laughs> cannot handle that. Um, and so are these people doing these routines seven days a week or are these their weekday routines? Yeah, so we actually asked that question. We always ask, you know, are your weekends different? And I can't remember the exact statistics, but generally these are people's uh, weekday routines, and then they typically have a different routine on the weekends. Maybe about 20% of them continue it for the full, uh, for the full seven days. Um, but even if people are kind of uh, doing a different routine on weekends, sometimes they may get up at the same time kind of to make their sleep cycle that much easier to stick to. If you wake up at the same time every day, it's a little bit easier. But generally, people do allow themselves a little bit more grace on weekends. They allow themselves to get up a little bit later and to sleep in a little bit more and to just kind of have more family time. How is having a morning routine, whatever it may be, how is having a productive routine in the morning good for the rest of your day and for your life in general? Yes, it really sets the stage for the rest of your day. So if you kind of wake up and you're kind of doing this haphazard stuff, you're kind of like, like, like we mentioned, checking Twitter, you're kind of running around, like checking email, replying to emails. It really isn't a great way to start the day, especially as you're about to go right into that when you get to work. So we always say in the book, it's just this really beautiful way to get into the day. You've kind of, you've, you've had this sleep. So it's a calm way to kind of move into that area of the day. And um, it really is uh, quite fascinating because personally, before I started this website, uh, just coming on six years now, um, I was I was kind of all over the place in the morning. I would get up pretty late. I would just do all these things that we suggest against. But now now that I have this calm space in which I'm just allowing myself to kind of sit down, be with my thoughts, have a nice breakfast with my wife. It really has made for a much calmer morning. And you mentioned your wife. So what about partners and spouses? Because what if your partner is not on the same schedule that you're on? They want to sleep until noon and they don't want to be up with you at five o'clock letting the chickens out. No, totally. It's interesting. I'd say the majority. We always ask the question. We always ask, you know, how does your partner's routine fit into this? And I would say the majority of the people we speak to, including myself, uh, their partner is on a different sleep cycle. Their partner even has to get up at a different time, sometimes earlier, but generally later. And um, they just either they just don't like mornings or they would prefer not to be doing any of that. So um, it is interesting. And many of the people just kind of speak about that being their morning time. And then maybe later in the day, like at night, maybe you go to bed earlier and they stay up a little bit later and they have that time. Um, but it's, it's a little bit of a difficult workaround. But definitely the majority of the people we spoke to, especially those who have married and been together a little bit longer, they, they typically find something that works for them. I actually love the fact that um, that is a time when nobody else is up. That is my favorite part of those early mornings because it, it's so rare to be really alone where even the city right. is quiet. And there's something really peaceful and really calm about that and very centering. So I actually prefer that nobody else in my house is, is getting up at that time. No, I, I totally agree. I, I found the same. Well, I currently live in San Francisco, but back many years ago when I lived in London, I kind of did this experiment where for one week I would get up at, I think it was 4 a.m. And I would just, you know, see how that worked. And then the next week, I think I got up at 10 a.m. just to see the difference. And by far, getting up at 4 a.m., having that kind of quiet outside of the buses begin to get ready to go to work, um, that was a really special experience. Yeah, and it's kind of nice when you can hear and see the world waking up. Like your emails start to slowly right. come in. You slowly start to hear people on the street and little kids heading out for school. And you just kind of to see that process. It's just really, I, I find it a very, very centering time. Um, so you actually, in the book, you mentioned a five-point to-do list, like five points of things that you can do um, to make your morning routine more productive. What is that? 
All right. So the first point is to write a to-do list, uh, to-do list and then stick to it. And we recommend writing this the night before, typically, you know, 5, 6 p.m. as you're finishing work, just to kind of allow that to be the ending to your day. So you end your day with deciding what you're going to do the next day. And you can do this in the morning. And sometimes I do do this in the morning if I just didn't have time the night before. But I typically prefer to do it at the end of the day. And another point is to do your most important work first. And you hear this a lot online. You hear people kind of saying that you should really do this. And it's really important to get these things out of the way. The important stuff is often the hard stuff. So it's like that's what you want to push to the very bottom of your list. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. The, The important stuff is typically the stuff that you don't want to do. It's the hardest stuff. It might be making a phone call that you've kind of been dreading for a while. So doing this first thing in the morning is a really great way to feel like you've got that win in. So then the rest of your day, you're still going to be doing stuff, but you don't have that in the back of your mind the whole time. The next thing we do recommend is to not check your email first thing in the morning. So many of us, maybe, as I mentioned earlier, maybe you do need to check your email to make sure a call or a meeting has not been rescheduled. But apart from that, you don't really need to be going through all your emails, seeing these emails that you've received overnight until you get to work. And you're going to have these same messages when you get to work. It's like you're going to be in a better mind frame for dealing with them. But checking them first thing in the morning, especially when you're laying in bed, is a really kind of a a terrible way to start your morning. Yeah. And another point we like to make, and this is difficult depending on how uh, senior you are in in a company, um, is to cut out early morning uh, meetings and calls. And as I mentioned, this is this is dangerous territory. You may have to, like, discuss this with your boss or kind of work out a way to prove that you're working hard when you're not at these meetings. But that really is a great way to have more productive time in the morning rather than kind of spending it kind of just sitting there and kind of listen to other people's ideas. And finally, I would say you need to break down your big goals into small pieces. And this is something that we all really need to think back on. We have to think about what we want to accomplish, whether with our work or in our life, and think about what are the steps to that. So think about the end goal and then how do you get there? And that is a really, it really helps with knowing what you need to do instead of just seeing this kind of big esoteric goal sitting up there. Yeah. Now, you just mentioned the to-do list and maybe doing it the night before. And one of the things that you talk about is that your morning routine really starts the night before. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so we actually, we we talk about evening routines in the book as well. And really, the evening routine and then your sleep and then your morning routine is just like this big one continuous thing. And so it's important that you kind of you relax in the evening, but you also give yourself the time to do these things that will make your morning that much easier. And we talk a lot in the book about decision fatigue, which is when you either struggle to make a decision at all, or you make the wrong decision, you make it like an unhealthy decision, for example, because you're just so tired, you kind of you've been making decisions all day, you just can't make any more decisions. So we recommend if, if for example, you want to decide what you're going to wear the next day, we recommend doing this in the evening. And even though it may be that, that much harder because you'd be making the decisions all day, it means in the morning, this is one less decision you need to make. And you can just grab your clothes. It could be workout clothes. It could be work clothes. Just grab your clothes, put them on, and get ready with your day. And so this is the evening really is the time to kind of relax, but also get these things out the way to make your morning that much easier. You know, it might sound silly, but I, I played this little mind game with myself where my evening Mara is the butler. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to have my butler do all these things at night so that I Love don't that. have to do them in the morning. So it's like, I'm going to iron, I'm going to lay my clothes out, I'm going to pack my lunch, like the butler's going to do it. And then in the morning, morning Mara wakes up and everything has been taken care of. Oh, <laughs> and, I, I and love she that doesn't idea. have to do anything. <laughs> I, um, I try and do the same with, um, with, with washing up. You know, it's such a horrible experience to wake up to a sink full of washing up, especially if you, you want to make breakfast and the pan that you typically use is right in the bottom. So I, 
I, I would say 95% of the time I make sure I get the washing up done um, at night because it just feels so good. Kind of like you said, morning, Mara. It feels so good to wake up and just see an empty sink so you can just get going with your day. Yeah, no, it does feel great. So let's talk about waking up. Um, what are your thoughts on the snooze button? <laughs> I really hate the snooze button. And we, we, we talk about this in the book. I, I, I would say that if you tip, if you do use the snooze button and it, and it really does work for you, like you're happy using it, then, then continue using it, sure. But for the most part, it, it just does us, it just does us harm. It's horrible to kind of, you wake up and then you're effectively saying, no, I want to go back to bed again. And that's really not a great way to start the day. So what we say is right now, if you're typically using the snooze button most days, figure out what time is, what's the latest time you can wake up and, you know, with, with your, with your old snoozes on top and then set your alarm to that time and just get up. And we agree it's hard, but it's so much easier in the long run to not just keep hitting the snooze. And it's, it, it's really not great for us. Yeah. But some of us have these really adorable snooze buttons. They walk around <laughs> on two legs and they wake us up I've by heard throwing of Cheerios at our faces. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's cute. <laughs> So this routine sounds fantastic unless you have little elves in your house that try to complicate everything. So do you have any recommendations for parents who want to keep a routine, but, you know, kids make everything complicated? They do. So we, we have a chapter on pa- parents' routines in the book. And what we will say right at the beginning is we're not trying to pretend that if you have young kids that your morning routine is going to be as easy to, to do than if you don't have kids. So we're not even going down that route. But we will say there are certain things you can do to make your morning easier. And the first is if your kid has a sleep routine, and of course this doesn't happen for a while, but when they have a sleep routine, uh, try and get up a little bit before them. And this, this is never going to be typical. This is never going to be proper. But if you can get up, you know, just half an hour before them to have that time to get stuff ready, it will really make your morning that much nicer. And another thing we really, we really like to focus on is how great routine is for kids. Kids love a routine. Kids really yeah. thrive on it. And this, you're really, you're helping them with their life, you know, giving them a routine now. So if you can improve their routine and like that, that will improve yours overall. And we also like to say, this is kind of a temporary situation. So the good and the bad, it's all temporary. Uh, once they leave home, you will be able to go back to having your own routine. Uh, but right now it is what it is. And uh, we try to give tips to help you do your best, but certainly it's not as easy. So let's talk about getting there, getting to that morning routine. So for me, the transition came out of necessity because I started working in morning television. I worked in morning television for 10 years. And so I had to be up either to be at work or I wanted to see the show and see what was happening that day as a function of my work. Um, and of course, emails would start coming in at 4, 30, 5 o'clock and I actually had to answer those because they were for a show that was airing right. at 7 o'clock. Um, and once I got in that routine, I found that it was really easy to keep it because your body kind of gets used to things. So short of being forced to wake up earlier because that's how you earn your paycheck, how can somebody make the transition from not being a morning person to getting in this beautiful routine? <laughs> yeah, so we, we really believe that you need to start slow and kind of make these changes, you know, one at a time and really give yourself time, like give yourself a week or two weeks at a time for each change. So in terms of getting up slightly earlier, many of us are already kind of wasting our morning hours. But if you are a person who you get up, you have breakfast and you immediately need to leave, then we suggest waking up five minutes earlier uh, every day for one week. So that doesn't mean five minutes, everything um, adding on five minutes every day. It means if you typically get up at 7 a.m., uh, wake up at 6.55, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then the next week, wake up at 6.50, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And just see how that works for you. Really push into it because over time, 
that, that that's that's going to add up in a way that's much more attainable than if you suddenly say, okay, I'm going to get up at six early, I'm suddenly going to get up at six. And it's going to be a struggle to stick with that right away. And another thing I would say is whenever you add something new to your morning routine, whether it's uh, working out or meditating or doing yoga, you really want to do these things in small chunks to begin with. So many people, they'll think, okay, I'm going to start running. You know, Monday morning, I'm going to start running for a mile. And if you don't typically run, if you don't typically work out, that is going to be incredibly difficult and you're going to struggle with it. You, you may not even you know, get through the first day. I know I, know I would struggle. Um, so typically we, we say, you know, do, do five minutes or run around the block. And the same with meditation. Instead of sitting saying, I'm going to sit down and meditate for half an hour, if you've never meditated before, say, I'm just going to meditate for two minutes. I'm going to meditate for five minutes. I'm going to really see if it works for me. And then after a few weeks of all of the all of these activities, if you're particularly enjoying one more than another, if, for example, your five-minute meditation really doesn't feel long enough, then by all means, increase it. And if there's something, yoga, for example, that you're not typically enjoying, by all means, just let it go if you've really given it a fair shot. Um, but it's all about, you know, taking these steps slowly so to make it that much easier. Yeah, it is much easier to wake up when you have something to look forward to than if you're waking <laughs> up true. to something that you're dreading. Um, and it's also much easier to wake up if you've had a good night's sleep. If you spent the night before drinking all night with your friends, it's going to be hell to get up as opposed to if you went to bed at nine o'clock with your pajamas on, you wash your face and getting up in the morning will be much easier. How much sleep are the people that you are profiling getting? Is there an yes, average? Sir. So many people think that these people can't be getting much sleep because they're getting so much done in the morning, but actually that isn't the case at all. So our average is seven hours and 29 minutes. Which right, is, that's the which average. Is, yeah, that's the average. That's and uh, so we found scientists pretty, pretty much consistently say that the majority of people need between seven and nine hours. And I personally, I need about eight. If I just, if I just get seven, I feel pretty, pretty sleepy. But, um, we, yeah, I, I was recently at a conference in which people had to come up to me and they had to, you know, asked how I could improve their morning routines. And I quickly found while speaking with these people that nearly all of them said they were getting, you know, five, five and a half, six hours of sleep a night. Uh, so I said to them, I was like, you, know, you can improve your morning routine, but first of all, you have to make sure that you're getting enough sleep. Because if you don't get enough sleep, you're just kind of going to be daydreaming through your routine. You're not really going to be enjoying any of it. You're just going to be consistently tired. So that is actually one of the biggest tips I can give everyone um, listening. Just really make sure you get enough sleep every night. And it's not consistent. It's, it's difficult, especially if you live with a night owl. It's a difficult thing to do. But if you can make sure you get enough sleep, it will dramatically improve your morning routine. And honestly, it will just improve your day and your life overall. And I can attest to that. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for doing the website and giving us so many resources to get our days off to a fantastic start. Benjamin, I really appreciate your time. Thanks very much, Mara. This was great. People can find Benjamin on all social media at Benjamin Spall. And again, the book is My Morning Routine, How Successful People Start Every Day Inspired. New episodes of Elevated drop on Mondays. Please subscribe and review. In the meantime, send me questions, ideas, or feedback. I'm on all social platforms as Mara Scampo. And use the hashtag Elevated Podcast. Sponsorship for this podcast is brought to you by Ford. Built Ford Proud. Ford is going above and beyond in innovation to create the smartest, most connected EVs and technology on the market. With charging made easy with the overnight plug-in Ford mobile charger, as well as over 19,000 charging stations in the Blue Oval Charge Network. See why Ford's new EVs are redefining what electric can do. 
Journey into the future with Ford's lineup of electric vehicles with many exciting and affordable options to choose from. Head over to Ford.com to learn more about the electric revolution. Built Ford Proud. Paralegals are highly essential from law firms and courtrooms to insurance, real estate, HR, and more. If a paralegal career or law school is in your future, Stevenson University Online's Bachelor's in Legal Studies will help you achieve your goals affordably with no application fee. 100% online, approved by the American Bar Association with new online sessions starting every eight weeks. Get started today. Visit stevenson.edu slash paralegal. Legal professionals know that e-discovery can be painful, but the right platform can help you find the truth in minutes. Just how Everlaw helped crack the case in the Theranos civil litigation. Using Everlaw's cutting-edge technology, the lead lawyer quickly combed through millions of documents to find his smoking gun. That's why Amlaw 200 firms, Fortune 500 corporations, and all 50 state AGs trust Everlaw to find critical information in massive amounts of data. Book your demo today at everlaw.com. 